0: Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Romans. Today is episode 531. Look at Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 21. Let's read our passage. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, in this way death spread to all people, because all sinned. In fact, sin was in the world before the law. But sin is not charged to a person's account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who did not sin in the likeness of Adam's transgression. He is a type of the coming one. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if by the one man's trespass the many died, how much more have the grace of God and the gift which comes through the grace the one man Christ overflowed to the many? And the gift is not like the one man's sin, because from one sin came the judgment, resulting in condemnation. But from many trespasses came the gift, resulting in justification. If by the one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive the overflow of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So then, as though one trespass, there is condemnation for everyone. So also through one righteous act, there is justification leading to life for everyone. For just as through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So also through the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. The law came along to multiply the trespass. But where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Paul's letter to the church in Rome. Paul is in Corinth on his third missionary journey. He's sending this letter to Rome to provide a theological background to the gospel. He intends to go to Rome after completing his trip to Jerusalem. And so he can then help the church grow there at the center of the Roman Empire. Well, is in this section talking about the results of justification by faith. He began uh, chapters one through three, explaining the universal nature of sin. Everyone's a sinner and under God's judgment. Then he argued through chapter three and four about justification by faith. Chapter four, he used the example of Abraham as a man justified by faith, not by what he did, but, but what God did and that he believed God and trusted God. Now he's kind of given the the, so what uh, as a result of that. And so uh, the last time we saw in uh, chapter five, verses six through 11, that the nature that Christ did all this, not because of what we did, we were still enemies of God when Christ died for us. And so it shows the the, uh, extravagant nature of what God has done. Now this section, chapter 5, verses 12 through 21, uh, Tom Schreiner a Greek expert wrote a giant book called Romans. He makes a comment, Romans 5, 12 through 21 is one of the most difficult and controversial passages to interpret in all of Pauline literature. So let's just throw that out right there. This is a hard passage and there's a lot of debate a lot of disagreement, a lot of confusion, and you cannot help but be confused reading this passage. So that's where you got to kind of step back or step away from the details because it almost seems like he says things that are absolutely contradictory to one another. And so you've got to read it through kind of understanding the whole letter and where he's going with this in order to understand what he's saying in the details. We'll do our best to to get through it His bottom line through this is comparing Adam and Christ. That because of Adam, there is sin, but because of Christ, there's redemption, salvation. And Christ is greater than Adam. So, because of what Adam did with his sin, well, that's the universal nature of sin and condemnation. But Christ overcame all that with what he did on the cross, providing redemption, salvation. So let's work through it. We'll uh, back out every now and then as we have to. Verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way death spread to all people because all sinned. Some of this is just awkwardly worded, and the questions of you know, what clauses uh, modify other clauses. And so, like I said, there's a lot of debate in all this. I think the best way to understand this is. Sin entered the world through one man, that is Adam. That's pretty easy to understand. And death through sin. Okay, the wages of sin is death. Because of Adam's sin, there is death. God told Adam and Eve, if you sin, you will die. And then in this way, death spread to all people. Okay, we see this is the origin of sin. And he makes this comment, because all sinned. And I think a, a good way to understand this is he's just you know, making the point of the universal nature of, of sin is that everyone dies because of the universal nature of sin, and everyone sins because of the universal nature of death. And sometimes we throw around the term "original sin." That is, Adam's sin is the original sin, and that affects us all. That's undeniable. Now, how it affects us all—that's well, where the debate comes in. Some uh, say it's well. that's an argument between. Federalism and Seminalism. Federalism is, Adam is the federal head of the human race. As the first human, what he does affects all humans, much as the leader of a nation is the federal head of that nation, can enter into agreements that affect every citizen of that nation. What Adam does has effect on everyone as the federal head of the human race. And so when Adam sinned, he sinned basically on behalf of everyone and put all of humanity at odds with God. Another way to think about it is uh, there's the argument, Okay, that's not it. It's seminalism, and this has to do with passing along your traits. And so because of Adam's sin, he became corrupt. And so then his offspring were corrupt sinners because of his corruption. So he's passing along the nature to sin. So one's more of a legal uh, issue. The other's almost a, a quite biological, but a spiritual slash biological issue. I think it's probably both correct. And because the Paul's arguments really kind of support both ways. But another thing to think about is, uh, we always talk about original sin there. No, we think about is original death. And that is, God said to Adam and Eve, when you sin, you will die. Well, they didn't die for years physically, but they died spiritually immediately because immediately they were separated from God and in a state of spiritual death under God's judgment, condemnation. And then everyone since then is born that way, spiritually dead. So we are born sinners, yes, but... Because we inherit that from Adam, yes, but we are born spiritually dead, separated from God under condemnation. That's why we all sin, is because we're separated from God, because of this inherited spiritual death. So I think all that plays together, and some of Paul didn't explain explicitly here, but this idea that all sin, well, because everyone's born as a sinner, spiritually dead. If you want to look at it further, uh, read Paul's letter to the Ephesian church, where he talks about sin comes out of death, but good works comes out of life. It goes on to verse 13. It says, in fact, sin was in the world before the law, but sin is not charged to a person's account when there is no law. That's another one of these confusing statements. Okay, he says, okay, before the law, that is before Mount Sinai, sin was in the world. But then he said, but sin's not charged to a person's account when there is no law. Well, which is it? Now, charged, uh, many of your translations will say impugned, which is important because there we have sin being impugned to someone. We often talk about Christ's righteousness being impugned to us. He's making a point through here. He's going to talk about sin gets worse because of the law, because it's one thing to sin. Obviously, there was sin, God's judgment. Sodom and Gomorrah, God's judgment with the flood was because of people's wickedness, because of their sin. And Paul just says that there was sin, but it, it weren't charged with specific violations of rules. So it wasn't like Adam's sin, because Adam specifically violated a rule. God said, don't do that. And they did. So that was a more what you would call a high-handed sin because it was violating what God had specifically said. And then later talks about that's part of what the law does is it shows the seriousness of sin, shows willful violation of God's standards. verse 14, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who did not sin in the likeness of Adam's transgression. He is a type of the coming one. So it did not sin in the likeness of Adam's transgressions I meaning Adam violated a rule. Those that didn't have the Mosaic Law weren't violating stated rules. They were still sinning, violating God's standards, but they weren't willfully, in a rebellious way, violating given rules. Then he says he's a type of the coming one. And so type basically means something like a mold or a stamp that would provide a, an example. Of, and so it's a representative. So Adam is a type of, of the coming one, Christ, and this way referring to this idea of representative. Adam is a representative for all people in sin, but the coming one, Christ, is a representative for those who would follow him in faith, in righteousness. Now he's going to talk about just how much greater Christ is than Adam. Verse 15, But the gift is not like the trespass, for if by the one man's trespass the many died, how much more? have the grace of God and the gift which comes through the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflowed to the many. So he's talking about, yeah, everybody's a sinner because of Adam, but Christ has overcome that. What Christ has done is much greater. Verse 16, and the gift is not like the one man's sin, because from one sin came the judgment, resulting in condemnation. But from many trespasses came the gift, resulting in justification. So it's not a one-for-one deal. Yeah, there's one sin, Adam, but then there's multiple sins after that. Everybody sins throughout history. But what Christ did overcame all of those sins. Verse 17, If by the one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive the overflow of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So again, he's talking about the superior, uh, what Christ did. Here he's talking about reign of death from Adam, reign of life through Jesus Christ. Verse 18, so then, as though one trespass, there is condemnation for everyone. So also through one righteous act, there is justification leading to life for everyone. So here's the one for one, the one act that Adam did, sin, one act that Jesus did for justification. Verse 19, For just as through one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, also through one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Saying the same thing basically again here. What Adam did led to sin. What Christ does leads to righteousness. Now he talks about the law. Verse 20. The law came along to multiply the trespass. But where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more. So here, the idea that what the law did was show wickedness, show people's need for righteousness, show unrighteousness, show God's standards more clearly so people could see they were violating God's standards more clearly. Now verse 21, so that just as sin reigned to death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So here are the idea of spiritual death versus spiritual life. Spiritual death, condemnation. Spiritual life, eternal life. A lot of people don't like this idea of, why am I blamed for what Adam did? And I wasn't there, so how can you blame me for that? Well, is the idea, okay, Adam is the federal head of the human race, so what he did affects us all. A lot of what people do that affect us that we had no say-so in but the focus here is the good news of what Christ did. Yeah, you know, the bad news is what Adam did. The good news is what Christ did. The I thing about this is we are counted as sinners based on what Adam did. Yes, we do sin, but we sin because we're sinners because of what Adam did. But we're counted as righteous based on what Christ did, not based on what we did. So it works the other way, too. Our righteousness is not counted on anything we have done. It's only counted on what Christ has done. So Adam's sin, well, that leads to condemnation. Christ's righteousness leads to justification. It goes back to verse 16. The gift is not like the one man's sin, because from one sin came judgment, resulting in condemnation. But from many trespasses came the gift, resulting in justification. So just as we can be justified in faith based on what Christ has done, well, that's why we're born spiritually dead, because of what Adam has done. Well, some might argue for the idea of universalism through this, is that Paul says that, okay, justification leading to life for everyone And so, does that mean everybody's now made right with God? Well, no. He's making the point here that's available to everyone. But through the whole rest of the letter, he argues for justification by faith. He argues that those who refuse to believe will perish and will be lost. So, in in light of everything, you you can't argue universal salvation for everyone based on what Christ has done. Because, Paul wrote a, a letter here. You can't just take one sentence out of it and say, okay, that is the theology of the letter. So obviously you can't go with universalism here. What he's making the argument through here is one act of Adam, sin, as the head of the human race, results in the downfall of the entire human race. That everyone, because of Adam, is dead spiritually, a sinner, separated from God, and then The solution is that Christ, as the new head of those who've been raised to life, provides righteousness through those who will respond in faith. So I don't like this idea of being held responsible for Adam's sin, but the good news is we don't have to be. We can be justified, declared righteous based on Christ's righteousness. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Romans.